You can get in your fancy yells, you can drink them by the flagon, but the only food for the brave and true comes from the green dragon. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Green Dragon Podcast. This is day four for me, uh, as well as five, six, uh, and possibly seven. I'm not sure. We'll see how we go with uh, recording and splicing them all together. But yes, this is day four for me of my Around the World SBG tour, and it has been absolutely amazing so far. I hung out uh, with uh, my good friend Chris again and he brought a a little well-known player from the Scottish community Ian and we had oh my god we had a couple of bangers uh, in this game uh, and hangover notwithstanding I know I said I'll try not to get too drunk on the uh, <laughs> on the Saturday, uh, but unfortunately I did. I got quite drunk on the Saturday, uh, courtesy of some locals seeing a little old uh, lonely um, girl drinking by herself and decided, well, we've got to fix that problem and started just feeding me drinks for about the next hour and a half. So, you know, that happened. But anyway, you guys are always here for the games and the recaps of these games. And oh my God, these, uh, I can't wait to get in these games. These are bangs, absolute bangs. Okay. So first of all, game one, I pulled out my Assault and Lothlorien army and my opponent, uh, Ian, uh, pulled out his uh, Lake Town army, which was I was not expecting Lake Town, to be perfectly honest. Uh, but, you know, that's kind of where we are. We're at. We, he pulled out his Lake Town and rolled up a scenario. We had uh, um, heirlooms of ages past come up. And I always thought, hmm, this is going to be a interesting game against Lake Town. Uh, interested to see how the shooting is going to come into effect and how that's all going to shake out. And... Oh, this was a this was a bit of an interesting one. So first things first, um, I won priority. Uh, I rolled pretty all right for my warbands coming onto the uh, table. Uh, Drozag and the Shaman kind of came on on one point, and then I had to spend a might point with the captain and Muzz uh, uh, and Muzgar to come on. Not so uh, to get the same sign, because I rolled east-west for uh, the Shaman and Druzag, but I used the might to make it north so that they could come on um, not too far away in supporting range after about a turn. So they were kind of, I was kind of in the corner of the table, but I had a lot of fast-moving stuff, so I wasn't afraid of being totally 100% boxed in, because in my head I'm thinking, well, I'm up against Laid Town, they're going to they're gonna group up on Bart. And that's what my opponent did. He came on uh, on inside track towards the centre of the table uh, and cut me off from part of the table with Bard, Percy, uh, and Gandalf in his um, kind of thing. But he spent a lot of might to do so. Dropped, I think it was five or six might points to come on in that position overall with everything in his list. And, yeah, it was a pretty good uh, kind of opening volley from him picked off a couple of trailers, um, the one late town that was uh, standing in the way for uh, Sigrid and Tilda and Bard uh, did his job and got sniped out by a random tracker shot. So kills were a bit even, but I was really surprised with how close 
my opponent decided to bring his force in. I thought he'd, you know, try and milk some shooting, get some spells going with Gandalf, but he decided, after we had talked through the game at the end, uh, he decided that he wanted to get in early and really abuse the fact that my Prowlers were two, turn away, two turns away from the combat. Now, I had kind of anticipated this, that my Prowlers would be a little bit further away, but I knew my Spiders and Bats would be in range. And this is where the game got really interesting. First up, after Bard went in with his big engage, my captain uh, and Musgar clutched up. The captain went in uh, that turn, uh, got three kills off her uh, combat and her combat, which was really, really funky. And Musgar rolled a natural six on his uh, transfix on Bard, and Bard just went, okay, screw it, fine, whatever. I'm not going to kill a tracker this turn and get a free her combat. So we traded resources there. Uh, Gandalf uh, failed his Sorceress Blast to try and put some pressure on Musgar. And we moved into the second turn, traded a couple of kills here and there. I was a little bit ahead on um, these kills after this like rapid engage. And then my Prowlers started to move up. And this is where it got really, really interesting. Uh, Gandalf was keeping me from pushing out my beast too far into the center of the table to capture some of the middle objectives and have a look around for the artifacts. But my opponent, uh, was really pushing in with the late town and being aggressive into my main force. Now I was a bit worried that I wouldn't be if I, I wouldn't survive the the charge. Like if the late town got rolling and killed off the the orc orcs and trackers and, and the log riders, I'd be in, in in all sorts of hurt. And Hilda had come on and a little bit of a, a cheeky flank in behind it. But but. My shooting decided to kick into another gear. My prowlers got just in range, and my uh, archers and uh, archers from the goblins uh, managed to pick off, and I managed to get a whopping four kills in this combat. Gandalf was forced to transfix the enraged spider to stop him from going absolutely batshit crazy. But unfortunately, once again, got transfixed. Not my Musgar. He resisted Musgar's transfix this turn. But by the shaman. The shaman came in clutch, walked up in the range and went, It's okay, Musgar. I got you, bro. Throws in the transfix, pins Bard for a second turn in a row. And this is where it really turned around. I managed to get a really nice envelopment on Hilda's warband, get and pin her down and kill her, and remove them as a threat to my back line. I was at that point in a bit of a pinch, but I was able to use my spiders and my bats and my wags, and particularly the captain as well, to create these little funnel points where my opponent could move through those points and come in, but he'd be in a really bad position because the prowlers and the goblins would be in range to absolutely envelop and murder him. On the outer sides of the table, uh, Gandalf decided instead of going to opt in to try and uh, have a race and trying to grab some of the objectives, he'd stay with the main force and try and pin and get some points on the leader kill. Uh, obviously, he had hunkered down over one of the objectives and made it so that I had to force the issue, come to him, kill all the stuff, and then go in and try and pick up the prize. I picked all the back objectives, but unfortunately, none of them showed up. So now we were in a standoff moment where... I had to either ping his objective or my spider would grab it on the very, very back corner of the board. Fortunately for me though, my shooting kept paying out dividends. The Prowlers got a really wonderful charge off with a heroic move, got about three, four kills in and amongst that. And eventually I managed to carve a hole through, break the Blake Town Force. And at that point, my opponent had to go for the Hail Mary to try and pick up the objective. Didn't get the six. Actually, no, sorry, I forgot. He would have, and he figured he'd have a chance to, 
but the final four models he had to take courage test that turn all failed and he no longer had an opportunity for a model to come pick up the objective that was right and i managed to sneak a bat in over over the back tag the objective it wasn't there and then at the very very end had the spider pick up the objective for a very nice handy six i think it was a six six nil yeah six nil uh victory my way no, more than that. It was like a full 12, yeah, it was a full 12 nil, which was actually absolutely wild to pick this game up. This game had so many like ebbs and flows. Gandalf couldn't save, his uh, cast spell save his life, uh, which made some really, really impactful uh, turns on my part because it basically meant the mask was off, the chains were unleashed, and I was able to really go forward and press hard. Musgar didn't do much, but he did absorb a lot of pressure, which I was really surprised with how much pressure he was able to to take as well as having the will points there to kind of brush off and block a couple of those spells here and there in the end it was a really interesting game and i really really commend ian for the way he decided um to really take advantage of my um out like being slightly out of position and really try and force the issue really trying to push it in and make it so i was in an uncomfortable position where I couldn't uh, get basically get my army where I wanted it to and he did really well to kind of push that advantage but unfortunately for him my prowlers and my archers really really stuck struck home and got the kills in the positions that I really needed them and yeah let it be a lesson the prowlers in AOL are absolutely filthy and they they can do a lot of damage if they're given the opportunities to create those those little shooting pockets where they can throw their weapons in and get some clear kills. Uh, in fact, I actually went a bit too uh, overconfident with some of those uh, throwing weapon kills and stuff uh, because I shot into combat um, with Bard and my own captain um, and hit and killed my own captain's wag. So that was a bit of a, oh, yikes kind of moments where the goblins nearly got their own captain killed. Uh, fortunately for me, Bart decided not to kill the captain, but instead killed the spider uh, sitting next to him instead, which honestly I think was a fair enough uh, trade for Bard because uh, the spiders at that point were oh, so much more nasty. Um, but yeah, on to game two. Now, game two was really interesting. We rolled up Contest of Champions, and we we're debating whether we just re-roll and play a different scenario. But I'm like, no, I think I probably should should play this one out just to get a bit of experience. I had swapped my army over to the Easterling, but Ian was going to run back to Lake Town. And oh my gosh, this game was a game of the wackiest shenanigans possible. So to kind of set the scene, my opponent won the roll-off on the first turn. Um, and moved in with Bard, but Bard had no might. Why did Bard have no might? Well, on the very first action of the game, Alfred decided that he was going to attempt to give Bard some might points and then dubiously steal every single one of them. That's right. Alfred did the one in 216, rolled 3-1, stole all of Bard's might, and left Bard without a penny to his name. He was in such dire straits. But fortunately, he did have the really great positioning set up for him and was able to go in and get a couple of kills and heroic combat. But I was wise. I was wise to the heroic combat shenanigans from the girls. So I set myself up in such a way where I could get the Dragon Emperor heroic combat into Bard if Bard was to go first. And I made sure I got that priority by calling one with Rutabi. Rutabi, Master of Battle, 
uh, Bard's heroic combat, and it was able to do stagger in such a way that Bard couldn't refight and go into another two models after his current combat because the Emperor could then consolidate back into him that turn. So instead, he backed off wisely, giving space, but allowing the Emperor to go into another two models and possibly extend the lead for three to two on kills for the Emperor. The Emperor was in contact with one late down, kills him, moving to another two. Unfortunately for me, the Emperor was having a bit of a yikesy kind of first couple of turns and only killed the one model in the heroic combat and then failed on the second heroic combat, uh, second combat of the turn, failing to win the combat. The late down did nothing back, but that was a bit of a blow to the teeth in the fact that I now was behind one kill instead of being ahead one kill. And this is going to come back later on in the game. Moving on to the other flank, Watabi tried to cut through, and this was another one of those disappointing moments with the hero. Watabi got her hero combat off, moved into another two late town, and all she needed to do was kill one of the two late town, and then I would have a clear run next turn at the girls but unfortunately Watabi being Watabi completely flopped every single one of her to wound rolls not being able to even might to get to a wound on any one of the late town she was in combat with needing only four so that was a bit of a rough move by Watabi and Watabi's whole uh, kind of eco in this game was she was just not able to win and kill in combats specifically the kill the kill the amount of time she failed to wound was absolutely mind-boggling and was starting to get on my nerves a little bit but we'll see how like, the rest of it plays out on my far left flank i did set up a cheeky little drum combo with my easterling cataphracts to march right around the back of the building and threaten the easterlings from behind and ian did say that was a really clever move that you did with the with your cataphracts because what it did was it put pressure on him it put a time on him it meant that all of his juicy backline the alfred which had three points of might and core three heroic moves this game of which he won i think nearly all of them put pressure on gandalf which meant he gandalf had to keep calling moves to go forward and was able to use his spells as much to deal with my dragonite and stuff and three gave me access to the back line to pinch and box in bard now at this point in the game i'm thinking i gotta catch up gotta get those kills and unfortunately for me rolling to wound with my heroes was a thing that was costing me the game i couldn't get them to wound the easterling dragonite into two in the next turn again couldn't get a kill just couldn't he just he would flop and then his dragon would have to go in and finish the job uh with his six attacks and it was it was starting to give bard a slight advantage i believe he was at three uh um sorry two to four kills at one point and then eventually snuck up a little higher to five to three um and it just kept snowballing like that just this bar getting a little bit of an edge a little bit of an edge a little bit of an edge but as Bard was getting a bit of an edge i was grinding out the late town quite quite horribly too as a matter of fact the dragon knight had gone in killed hilda with some help and then had Unfortunately, he tried to go in and do the same thing with Percy and then completely bounce off Percy because, I don't know, apparently Percy is a better fighter than the Dragonite. And, uh, yeah, just couldn't just couldn't go in and kill <laughs> Percy in any of those combats. It took me, I think, four combats to finally kill Percy and get the reset. But the main thing was Barb was in um, a kill lead and then eventually I had the opportunity. I got the turn. The turn finally happened where I had an opportunity to get the assassination on Bard. Bard had called up in the previous turn called the strike and had gone into the emperor 
but Bard couldn't win the combat. Sorry, could win the combat with Gandalf's help, but couldn't wound. They only got one wound in between Gandalf um, and Bard, and that left me in a really good opportunity next turn since Bard was out of mind. Sigurd and Tilda at this point were dead, and they had you know, drop Bard's fight value down, and I'm like, this is it. This is the time. This is the time I go in and kill Bard. But unfortunately, Gandalf won the rock move off and pinned in my Emperor. But I had a plan, honestly. I had a sneaky pin. I had one might point left on the Emperor, and I decided to go for the heroic combat, knowing that I'd get the might point back off the kill, and then be able to bounce into Bard off that kill. And this is where we have the old saying of, the dice gods giveth, and the dice gods taketh away. Now, the dice gods gave me this amazing role earlier in the fact that, you know, um, Alfred decided to roll all ones on his, uh, his <laughs> um, dubious council. But this time, this time it came back and helped him out. Now, I did kill Gandalf off the heroic combat, but unfortunately for me, the Emperor didn't do a single wound. He couldn't get a single kill in. How wild is that? Emperor trapped, six strikes, two-handed, couldn't couldn't do anything into Gandalf and actually had to rely on the dragon and the other models in the combat to kill Gandalf to allow the Emperor to go in. So that meant no extra kill on the kill tally, which was very important because I needed one more kill to even up the score, and no extra might point back, which was, again, very, very important. Finally, we move into our bar. I'm like, okay, this game isn't over yet. I've got models shielding against random Lake Town guys. I've got Bard pinned up against my Emperor. I can just straight up kill Bard here. I can just one-shot him just from out of nowhere. Just you know, straight up, bang, there goes Bard off the table. No troubles, no worries. Unfortunately for me, with the bucket load of dice I had, the 12 strikes from the Palacorn, the six strikes from the emperor, the extra four strikes from the plebs I had in the combat. I could only do five wounds with all those dice, all those dice, and Bard was only defense five. All those dice, I couldn't get better than five wounds. You would think I would have one shot. And the worst part is only two of those wounds came from the Emperor, and they were the wounds that got fated away. My opponent wisely and wisely put his fate into the Emperor, and again, the Emperor was denied a kill, and most importantly, denied four victory points off getting that kill, which at this point was basically the game. I mean, how many times do you see a three-wound, three-fate hero pass all three fates to stay alive when they had no might? And that that was the comedy of this game was I had the game set up I had the victory conditions all ready to go just needed to get one wound through with the emperor to claim that kill and Bard fates away every single wound that the emperor had and at that point we basically called the game I had killed the east the lake town so much so fast so quickly that the 25% uh, happened and Bard won the game six kills to four what a game how do you script something like that having all of his might robbed and then coming in and managing to claw back uh gandalf and 
all his shenanigans to try and get him and take down and, and failing to wound. It was it was it was a roller coaster of a game and probably one of the best games I have played in a long while. This was this was an absolute banger and hats off to Ian. He played his his outs really cleverly. He did some cheeky stuff with Gandalf, you know, restoring well on um, Alfred so that Alfred could use his dubious counsel another time to give Bard, a precious might point that he needed. He did some really clever screening um, with his backline to make sure that Sigrid and Tilda were safe uh, as much as they could be until the cataphracts got around and flanked. And he used his uh, models wisely with the back aways and stuff. And some of his back away moves were absolutely gorgeous, blocking off corridors, cutting off other models, ducking to taking that one inch back away to the side. It was absolutely crisp and I, I i still feel a bit salty because nine times out of ten i kill gandalf there get the one point back go on the bar to kill bard but this is just one of those times where i just failed to win and couldn't get the resets that i needed but at the end of the day it was an absolute ripper of a game and thank you so much ian for those two just amazing games particularly before article two because ian is such a quality and class player and i look forward to my uh, to next time when I'm up in Edinburgh to get that fourth, uh, our third, sorry, game in for that magical tiebreaker because we are one of a piece now and I'm um, interested to see how our next game will get go. Uh, but yeah, that's that's it for my kind of day four in Edinburgh. I did go out to the fringe that night. Uh, I saw a couple of, uh, not a couple, a three really cool fun shows. Uh, I'm going to give them a plug now because they're super, super fun. One, the first one was... Um, uh damn it why can i not remember what shows they went to they were just the other day oh uh, okay i'll do them in reverse order maybe that'll help uh the last show i saw uh on on that on the fringe uh so yeah i saw uh asexuality which was a really fun show about uh an asexual uh, coming to terms about with who they were and stuff which was a lot of fun to kind of listen to them to kind of go over some of the shenanigans about you know people not getting the fact that they weren't attracted to other people, which was kind of funny. Uh, the, I got it. The first show I went to uh, last night was called Murder Inc., which was a complete improv, uh, whodunit, murder uh, kind of shenanigan. Uh, the theme was, and the characters were all made up by the audience, uh, and it was the theme was uh, Haunted Castle. And I came up with the poltergeist, and the poltergeist uh, during it, during the improv and stuff, uh, decided that they were going to be a soap opera singer, um, uh, like starring in reality TV, uh, um, starring in soap operas. And the soap opera they loved was Home and Away. So as a fellow Aussie, uh, that was an absolute icing on the cake. Made my night um, hearing them make all these Aussie jokes out of nowhere, not realizing, of course, that there was an Aussie in the crowd. So that was really, really fun. And then third show I saw that night was Mythos Ragnarok, which is like this theatre drama piece meets WWE. It was absolute madness. The physicality, the, the stories, all of it was just amazing. So if you ever get a chance to see any of these shows uh, anywhere else at the Fringe or um, anywhere else around the world, I highly recommend it because they were absolute blast. Plus, Fringe, you can drink while you're seeing the shows, so that's always a plus. But um, I'll be back in a sec. I'll play some music, uh, wrap this up a little bit, and I'll see you for the next couple of games I have recapped before I get down into Manchester for Articon, because that is coming up very soon. All right, see you in a bit.
Hello everyone and welcome back. Um, yeah, well, what are we up to? Day five now. Five and six I've just gone through. Uh, so yeah, had a couple of uh, really great days um, hanging out with some of the Scottish crowd. We didn't play many games uh, on uh, day five, but we did uh, go out to the Fringe. So I went out to the Fringe with Josh to see a couple of comedians. Uh, a lot of fun, great hanging out with him. So shout out to Josh uh, for putting up with me uh, whilst uh, hanging out at the Fringe Festival. Um, definitely much better with friends uh, going out there. Uh, but day six, I did get a cheeky little game in before I caught my train down to Manchester. So I got to uh, have a, a quick little uh, side game. Um, one of the Scottish uh, members of the community, Michael, uh, uh, basically reached out to me after he heard the podcast and said, hey, if you're still in um, Scotland, love a game. And I'm like, hell yeah, I'm, I'm up for a game. So uh, I met up with him uh, and had a cheeky little 650-point game. Uh, we decided to make it a nice quick one, so we played Lords of Battle. Uh, Michael was running his can't. And I decided to put out my Assault Not Florian. And it was a very, very interesting game, um, mostly because of how often we botched. The amount of botches and flops in this game was kind of a little bit ridiculous. I got a really nice early start um, to the game, um, kind of uh, really stood off from each other, made a nice big gap of about 11 to 12 inches in the center of the table, but Michael had thrown forward one of his flanks to be really aggressive and trying to lock me up because I was pretty weak, but he moved in such a way where I was, he was just a little bit further forward, and I don't think he expected me to call a heroic combat uh, with one of my shamans. So I ran in with an enraged bat and a spider, called the heroic combat and then sent them with the war grader and stuff into a chieftain that was a little bit too far forward and basically one shot one of his chieftains on chariot on turn one which was you know for me really good start i'm like yay i got a reset got an extra might point back got kill on one of his chieftains this is excellent it's a great start to the game and then things started to get a little bit dicey. Uh, I created a, a picket line up the front. I was also being outshot, which was uh, another really kind of wild thing to happen in this game by the Khans. Um, but his chariots came in, but basically all his chariots pretty much stalled, mainly getting one or two kills, uh, if that. But what really killed me was the setup I had for a takedown on his Khanish king. Uh, a couple of turns later, I got this really lovely engage with the uh, orc captain and a bat and an enraged spider, a bat and musgar on another combat. And unfortunately for me, I flopped both combats. The first one with musgar, he just didn't roll a six. I, musgar couldn't get the five he needed to boost the six up. And the, just the random kindish horseman just rolled a six and just won the combat. And I'm just like, okay sure well good thing i've got two combat set up for this takedown and the captain tried his he won his combat but between the captain the bat swarm and the prowler that were in the combat i couldn't get a single wound that's right twos to wound with prowlers and i rolled a big fat one so that was that was pretty pretty rough on my end i i thought i was going to be okay uh, going into the next turn because i figured you know what i'll just try it again 
right? You know, what, what could possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? Pro combat with Muzgar again. Lost combat. This time, though, I he, he Khan had the charge, turned around, killed Muzgar, one shot, three wounds. And I'm just sitting there going, what happened just now? I just got one shot by this just random Kandish warrior. And, like, it's not like I didn't have the dice in the combat, too. I had, like, I think 12 dice in that combat, you know, enraged bats, you know, a, you know, a, a warg rider, a bunch of prowlers, spear supports, mudguard. I had a heap of dice, just, you know, couldn't get the six, apparently. It's just sometimes that happens. And, um... That was kind of the game. Uh, the Carnage King had a, had one of those yikes moments as well, where he called her a combat, couldn't win combat, and just bounced. Um, there was another fantastic one with a chieftain where he called this glorious heroic move that looked like he was about to, to murder my entire army and then stalled on the first goblin. So there was a lot of this back and forth going, but unfortunately for myself, uh, the, the flimsiness of the goblins really started to grind down, and eventually towards the end of the game, Michael got this really good uh, charge off with one of his um, chariots, got him behind me and was able to threaten my back line. And at that point, it was it was kind of all she wrote. I just didn't have the time or the wounds to to claw back. Maybe if it had of um, the game hadn't have ended on the first roll, but you know you kind of you kind of just have to just smile and nod at the hose. Like I even went for a hail mary at the end of the game, enraged beast, another spider, sent them into uh, the combat with Drizag. Drizag used his last point of might, called her at combat, figuring I'll just run into this chieftain, chieftain on a horse by the way, not a chariot. Chieftain on horse, get the reset for next turn, and then I'll have the might point to correct move and pin everything, and once again flop to the combat couldn't roll a six off, off, a, off a, like a bucket load of dice, like eight or nine dice. And just, yeah, just this random, random two attack chieftain just wins combat and just one shots a bat. So bit, bit of a rough time for the old assault on Lothlorien. Um, I did basically get a couple of like, like cheeky little, you know, shooting into combat um, shenanigans, but it just, it just wasn't enough this time around. And uh yeah, it took a big L. I think it was 28 uh, kill points to 38 or something like that. So I ended up, uh, yeah, get, get, getting getting handily beat uh, just before I uh, pull out the Assault and North Lorraine for Articon. So a bit of a rough go there. My trip down to Manchester, though, uh, was um, pretty, pretty great. Uh, Michael was kind enough uh, to give me a lift. Uh, he has these two absolutely gorgeous kids, too. So shout out to, uh, I think it was E, uh, Cameron, and I'm going to say Evie. I'm going to say Evie. Let's, let's lock in Evie. I feel like I'm about to get a message from Michael saying you got my kids' names wrong and I'm trying to rack my brain if it was Evie or something. No, 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 no. That's right, because I thought it was Evie, but it wasn't. It was Aaron. So shout out to Aaron and Cameron uh, for being just awesome human beings and uh, hanging out with us too. And thanks, Michael, for the lift back to uh, Edinburgh proper so I could catch my train into Manchester. Uh, that was, yeah, it was... Awesome. Love the game, man. I hope to get another game in with you at another point in the future. Uh, maybe in Australia, who knows, if you come down for a holiday. Um, but yeah, absolutely fantastic game. Uh, and I hope to get another one in. Um, 
yeah, so the trip down to Manchester was all good. Uh, pretty, pretty cruisy there, and meeting up with some of the early arrivals for the LCQ at Articon uh, on the Tuesday night was a lot of fun. Uh, we hung out at the bar, talked strategy, talked shit, talked the game, and it's always fun just to meet a whole bunch of members from the community and just, yeah, just have a really good time enjoying kind of the same games and stuff that we all play. Uh, LCQ, though, um, which is the last chance qualifier for those of you playing at home, was absolutely phenomenal there were some absolutely ripper games just up and down that convention hall 60 players came and played the lcq uh three were going to go through the masters uh, division uh next day and it was yeah it was really cool to watch kind of the the, the to and fro and the the fighting the bitter nail fighting for, for those last two spots uh so shout out to the three players that made it i believe it was uh, Evan from uh, the US, I'm going to say, oh, who was the other one? Um, Callum from the UK, uh, he got in on a ticket as well. And Damn it, I can't remember who got the last ticket. He was playing Azog's Legion, which was really, really, uh, not Azog's Legion, um, the Legendary Legion with from the, the pits of Dogledore, the, the surprise, we're here, Legion. Um, oh, I can't remember his name now. I'm hopeless with names. Uh, you all know this. I'm I'm terrible, terrible, terrible with names. So I I, I f please forgive me for, for for screwing all that up. Uh, I, it's not on purpose. I promise. I, I'm just really bad with names. Uh, but yeah, that was it. Was a lot of fun to to go down and absolutely yeah, just watch the amazingness of the of the LCQ kind of unfold and just talk shit and just kind of just sit and relax and watch the games too, which I I really appreciated knowing that I'm going to be playing in Masters the next uh, day. So yeah, it was a great decision to do that. Bit sad that Matilda's lost. I know Matilda's lost to England. Uh, it was a bit of a bit of a yikes moment too. We kind of just didn't get our scoring opportunities through, and uh, yeah, Sam is and James are unfortunately going to be holding that over my head for the rest of the tournaments that England managed to get through and Australia didn't. So hopefully, I can get them back over the next couple of days at Masters or maybe even at WTC because uh, yeah, the next four days are going to be absolutely insane. Twelve games over over. Over four days, that's 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 a lot of middle earth to play. So um, I'm gonna go get some sleep, get to bed, and uh, I hope you all enjoyed this uh, kind of little recap of my trip. Uh, so without further ado, traps win games. Good night, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. Please be advised that the Green Dragon Podcast is not suitable for children, the elderly, pregnant women, those with a history of heart conditions, or anyone expecting to receive worthwhile advice. You can contact us on thegreendragonpodcasts at gmail.com. Yes, it has an S at the end. Or our Facebook page, The Green Dragon Podcast. We do not claim ownership of any works based on J.R.R. Tolkien, New Line Cinema, Warner Brothers, or Games Workshop. This podcast is purely for entertainment. The thoughts, as rare as they are, are solely that of our hosts and guests. Farewell, listener, until we meet again.